I was walking in the middle of our street um, over by my grandmother's house. And I remember thinking that if my father was with us, would, would we be in the situation that we are now? My mother, a single parent, I haven't gone through a significant childhood event or experience, um, one that is potentially traumatic that I've talked about several times before. And right as I was having that thought, I must have been around maybe 11, somewhere between 10 and, and 12 or so. And right after I had that thought, it was like a wave of thoughts that came through my head, reminding me of why my mother left my father and that he was, um, he drank a lot and that he was abusive physically, mentally, socially, that my mom felt there was no other choice to but to leave because it was going to be either him or her. And she knew she needed to be there for her children. So she chose to leave. And I remember thinking that there's no guarantee. There was no guarantee that things would have been better if my father had been with us, if we had not left him, that things could have actually been worse because of his, his attention was taken, taken elsewhere with the drinking and the abusive behavior. And um, I've, I've seen it, I've heard stories of people being in abusive homes raised up in them, believing that abuse is the way of a relationship, that uh, it is normal. And I remember, I, as I shared the story before, uh, sitting in our Memphis apartment after I had told a family member that my father was abusing my mother. And I was sitting in a chair by myself. I felt alone as my father was fussing and yelling at me that I had no right to tell what was going on at home. And I remember going inward and, and just coming out with a conviction that abusing others is wrong. And I felt then that my father was not right. He did not want to admit to the truth. My father also was the same person who showed me that anger and pain was not a natural state. One day when I was sitting at the table eating fish, one of my favorite foods, and I'm pretty sure it was buffalo fish, <laughs> the white juicy meat. And uh, the next thing I knew, my mom, I, I think I had, had made some type of uh, nonverbal or must have... Um, she must have seen that I was choking or something. And I remember my mother yelling at my father or, or getting his attention saying, Tamika's choking on a bone, a fish bone. And my father ran into the kitchen and scooped me up. And um, in the meantime, my mom, I think my mom went in the kitchen and got a, a slice of bread. And my father scooped me up and, and placed me um, right outside our bathroom 
in the hallway between the two bedrooms and the bathroom and uh, placed one hand on my back and, you know, the other right hand he used to feed me bread, slices of bread. And I remember looking at him and being in awe of a man that showed so much compassion, even though I couldn't articulate it as I think about it today and as I thought about it several times, showed, showed so much compassion that I was in awe of how someone could be so angry at times. And I only remember a few occasions where my father yelled, but as you know, the mind remembers. It's what it chooses to pull up at certain times throughout our lives. And I, I you know, I just forgot about the fishbone and just sat there and just looked at him. And so he was, that experience with my father was the first introduction of the generational cycle of pain. And as you know, my podcast is called Create a Generational Cycle of Love. Throughout my life, I tried to understand why my father uh, was the way that he was. Uh, after my mom left him, uh, we were supposed to spend time with him during the summer, which I later found out as part of the agreement, as part of the divorce that she eventually got. Uh, it took my mother, oh my gosh, over like eight or nine years or so to finally um, fill the papers out for a divorce. And um, we never spent time with my father. Um, family members would, on his side would reach out to us. Uh, we had occasional visits, I believe one or two visits from um, family members to try to get us to come back home with him. He sent a letter. And uh, my life growing up was a roller coaster of anger and frustration, especially after I found out that my father um, had opposed my mother's desire to go to nursing school, you know, throwing away her books in the in the dumpster and not being supportive. And when I tell you this, I don't say it out of pity. I say it out of, um, I know that many children are growing up without their fathers. And often we take that experience personal. And I think for me on that day where I thought about, you know, things could have been worse I also thought that it was my father's choice that I was not responsible for what he did. See, I knew at a young age, I was not responsible. There's no way a child is ever responsible for adults' behavior. And it wasn't me that caused him not to be there for us. It was what he had not dealt with in himself. That everybody has free will to make the choices they want to make. And my father had free will. And it was his choice to not be there for his family. It was his choice to be consumed by something else. And that consumption, I believe, is unhealed, were unhealed wounds. Even today, our relationship is not as turmoil as it was in the past. Um, and like I said, anger, you know, really saying things that, um, out of my pain of him not being there for us, not feeling like a family, not feeling united as a family, uh, mother, father figure family. But I can tell you, 
Um, I do want to say that my mother did everything she could, I felt, to be a family. She sacrificed even down to her change and provided our basic needs and then some. But it was always that, you know, um, not having a father around. And I, I believe over the years as my anger subsided, gratitude filled my heart because we had a mother that was there. Uh, my mother told me that my father often opposed her thinking. If she, you know, if she thought something should be a certain way, he was the opposite of it. Um, you know, she she would joke, you know, if I said the sky was blue, she he would say it was green. And, um, you know, that was the gratitude that I, I, we didn't need that opposition in our family. My mother uh, was not about drama. She isn't today. She's not a drama person. She doesn't like the fussing, the arguments. She is more of a peace person. And so I appreciate her peace and I appreciate not having her teachings that I've shared with you on this podcast, her teachings um, opposed, you know, um, give from the heart and expect uh, expect nothing in return, nip things in the bud regarding behavior. And I'm so grateful that her seeds, um, landed on my soul, my fertile ground of wanting to understand um, why people hurt others. Um, even in my own experience with abuse, you know, what happens to people that make them do things to project their pain on others or do things to um, to um, teach you or, or, or show you things that are harmful. You know, as a child, we um, we look to our elders to show us the right way, how to live and how to enjoy life and how to be. And, you know, when that doesn't happen, it, it is a lot of disappointment. And um, for me, I, I think the biggest thing for me um, that was pivotal to not being consumed by hatred and anger, disappointment and shame for not, for wanting to heal from the inside out was realizing that I was not at fault of my father's decisions, of his absence. Because in his absence, I learned of a greater power. I aligned, I wanted to know this God that my mother talked about. I wanted to know this who created the earth and was in control and knew what would happen that could help direct me so that I wouldn't project pain on others in the way that it was projected on me. So I, my father helped me, uh, facilitated an essence of his absence, helped me to desire more from life, to desire to be healed from the inside out and facing my emotions and my feelings so I, I, I didn't project pain on others. That whenever, whenever I was fearful or angry, I acknowledged it. I didn't hide from it. I searched for why I felt that way. 
And I would often pull up those weeds with truth that I was greater than my experiences, that I deserved life and I deserved happiness and joy and I deserved freedom and I deserve to live out my childhood dreams. I deserved love. And though my journey took me through the dark valleys and high mountains of relationships, other relationships, that I continue to refine my definition of what love is. And it's in the the Bible. And I've talked about my journey being more of a spiritual journey than a religious journey. That I took what I needed, what resonated within me, and I left the rest. I took what I needed from my father and I left his pain with him. I took what I needed and what I needed was to face my emotions and feelings. What I needed was to love myself for who I was. What I needed to was to understand that my experiences do not define me. I am here to experience, but they do not label me. I believe the definition of love where it says love is patient, love is kind. Love does not boast, it's not proud. And there's a one love definition that it remembers no wrongs. And I think the biggest, the, the, the pivotal point, the crossroads, is that you become what you did not have. I become love. I become forgiveness. So that my children can enjoy their lives just as much as I wanted to enjoy mine. That I believe children should be happy and enjoy their lives without opposition from projected pain. There are too many children that are going around here drowning in their parents' pain and they weren't here to go through that. They don't deserve to go through that. They deserve to be happy, to experience the love, the unconditional love that we can give them regardless of what we've been through. So the roller coaster of the different emotions was worth it because throughout my life, I threw away stuff that I didn't want to have. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be shameful, resentful, guilt, vengeful. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy and it's a waste of money. I've seen it throughout my life, my professional and personal life as a nurse in the healthcare industry of people so involved in their childhood pain of potentially potentially traumatic things happening to them, of the emotional wounds turning into physical diseases. And it's, 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 high, it's robbery. It's robbery when we allow others to bring about struggle, when we allow 
because it's not the experience, it's the perception of the experience. And my father today, we don't have, uh, we do not talk routinely. Occasionally I receive text messages from him, but it's, it's more of compassion that he missed out on three beautiful children growing up, going through life, experiencing proms and graduations and marriages. That is unfortunate that he allowed the pain to consume him so much that he couldn't be there as a spiritual, as, as be there as the spiritual guardian that God, I believe God wanted the family to be. That's why I'm about reuniting the family, helping others to unheal, to heal their wounds from the inside out. To save the children, as I look on one of my papers in front of me, my, on my board, my vision board, to save the children, both young and old, people in their 70s and 80s, still living with pain of having absent fathers, whether they were physically present in the home. Because just because you're there doesn't mean that you are active in life. But I know that God will use, our creator will use experiences for his good to still accomplish his will. And so I rest in my faith today. I rest in my faith knowing that all things work together for good. That I do not need to feel bad about myself. <laughs> if anything, I feel good that I have been given an opportunity to show the love that I didn't have. To be the parent that my mother that I had and that I didn't have and my father. To know my boundaries, to allow my husband to grow with them but to love my children unconditionally. And that's how I break the cycle of pain. What my father told me, one of my greatest teachers, what he taught me was to face my emotions and feelings by healing, healing from the inside out. And I am grateful for him. And I pray for him. And I pray for every person that is listening to this podcast that you realize that although you didn't have your father, it doesn't stop you from creating a generational cycle of pain. It doesn't stop you from healing from the inside out. As a matter of fact, you can use it to help you become the highest version of yourself, to help you love unconditionally, to help you heal your wounds, to help you be the parent that you want to be. My mother would say, we can't change grown folks. You can't change what didn't happen, but you can learn from it. This is Tamika Chambers with Create a Generational Love Cycle. It's all about being who you didn't have. Changing those thoughts that created the cycle of pain, generational cycle of pain and using them to create the generational cycle of love.